Hi, I'm Scott Steele. This is Crying Dad, episode 13. Enjoy. Crying Dad. Are they heating on? What is happening? Almost into June. The end of May just now, and it's been scorching. And then all of a sudden, the Scottish weather gods have gone, Nope, can't be having that. Your gas bill's been too low this month. Let's give you some high winds and some brutal rain. It's horrible out there. Just makes you want to stay in and drink more rather than go to the garden and drink. The same thing, and it's same thing. Anyway, how's it been going? Our, our wee leader, Nicola, telling us that things are going to be relaxed, or the lockdown measures are going to be relaxed with the, the four-phase plan. Quite hard to understand. I don't don't really know the time scale of it all. All I know is when the 28th of May comes, the the streets are going to be packed. The I, I think people will struggle to understand the the phase thing, and it'll it'll just be back to being busy. Although I don't think there's no bars or anything like that open until the later phases, so it'll just be just be if the weather's good, every garden's going to be full of people. And ah, I think we need it. My household needs it anyway. My wee boy's going a bit crazy. He's going a bit mad. Uh, <laughs> the other day when the weather was decent, we were out the back and a few houses down, there's another uh, house that's got kids in it and they've got a trampoline and he was just playing in the back garden and then he could hear the kids started getting all excited and jumping up and down the trampoline and he ran across the garden and jumped up on top of a bin to try and see across the gardens because he heard other children playing. It was funny but also heartbreaking at the same time because he's just crying out for some interaction with children. There's, there's only so much we can do or so many kids' TV shows you can put on any he, he needs that he needs that social contact with other kids. So hopefully with this thing relaxing a little bit we can get him out to maybe see some friends or cousins or someone that's not in their thirties and grumpy. Obviously talking about my wife there. Nah, she's fairly She's fairly upbeat. Uh, aye, I'm looking forward to things getting a bit more relaxed. Uh, I think we are missing certain parts of, of normal life that we had. Um, I'm looking forward to going back to a restaurant. I don't even know what that would look like now. I heard on a podcast the other day someone talking about a trip they had in Florida and they'd said that 
every other uh, some restaurants were open and every other table had a black cloth on it and that was telling people you can't sit there but I don't know how that'll work because I've worked in restaurants before and I know that profits are pretty tight so they need the restaurants to be packed as often as possible otherwise you're going to go in and a plate of spaghetti that would normally cost you £12, but they know they can sell however many a night, now they'll have to charge you triple because they can't have as many people in. So I, I'm looking forward to a, a £40 plate of spaghetti. Sorry, with the magic of editing there, I had to, had to nip away and then come back. You may have been able to hear some screaming in the background. No one was being murdered. That was the noise my five-year-old son makes when he's watching one of his TV shows. I think he's watching Dino Trucks just now, which, as the title lays out for you, it's about dinosaurs that are trucks. Uh, he loves it. He loves it, but... There's no need to... He screams his head off at parts that, whether they're funny, silly, scary, or I'm sure even... He'll probably just do it at the boring bits just to, to fill the time. We, that, this is what I'm talking about. He needs he needs to get out. We try and get him out as much as possible. We've had him... We went for a, a drive up the hills the other day just and we, we put a little... We drew out a a scavenger hunt thing for him. You know, when you see a sheep, tick it off, or when you see this or that, tick it off, a waterfall. And, I mean, that was fine, but he, he's he's going a bit stir-crazy. And that's how he spends his day, screaming. Uh, not in pain or anything like that. He just, he, he, he's a wee ball of energy and needs to put it somewhere. And he, he, need, he needs to talk or interact with more than just the three other people that live in here. And you'll see it's hard because you're trying to give boundaries, you're trying to be relaxed at the same time, but you don't want to, him to think he's just getting away with anything. But then you change your mind again because you say, ah, but this is hard for him as well because he misses his, his other family members and his wee friends at school and his teachers. So what do you do? There isn't really a good balance. So he'll often just run around the house screaming blue murder just because. And then my two-year-old, wee girl, she idolises him. So she'll just join in whatever he's doing and just start screaming after him. And in the midst of this, I'm trying to record podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do, I do other things. Do other things around the house, but it's it is tough for them. And what do you, see when this all started? I think all the parents were the same. We wanted the the structure of a school day to continue for them. Lots of activities together. We'll do. We'll teach them all these lovely things like how to cook and. And we did loads of that. But that lasted about two and a half weeks. We're 
I don't know, are we about nine weeks into this thing? I've, I don't know that much. There's not much I can pass down. And my wife, as much as I love her, there's only so much she knows as well. So, we're having to learn new things to then go teach him. And no one told me about that. And it has to be things that he's into. I can't... I don't think he'd be that interested in the editing process of a podcast. Or if I dis- discussed uh, current affairs. I'm not sure how impressed he would be that Joe Rogan has just been signed up with Spotify. What a deal that is. I was talking to folk the other day about it and they they were they were saying oh, how much do you think it was and I was I don't know so the deal is that Joe Rogan is, is signed up to have his podcast solely distributed by Spotify come the end of the year I think and it's a three year deal and I took a stand with that I said maybe 30 40 million and they were saying no I think it's more than that but then listening to other stuff the past couple of days, the figure of $200 million is getting thrown around. And that's just to, that's just renting his platform. That They don't own him. He can still go and do whatever he likes. There's no control over it. All they have is a distribution thing. $200 million. Now, something like that, there'll be numerous lawyers and accountants involved and everything else but after all their fees and tax and everything else surely he, he's walking away with a hundred million dollars net he's already a wealthy guy I think he earned 30 million dollars last year just from his podcast so n- not including comedy ticket sales or any merchandise he sells uh, he's worked for the UFC he, he has uh, he's one of the owners of Onnit, which is a supplements company. The guy is killing it. Killing it. 200 million. I, don't, I think if I said this to my son, I don't think he would be that bothered. He, he's good at maths, but I think after 100 money becomes just this weird figure to him. So if I said to him, Joe Rogan got £300 for selling the rights to his podcast, he would be really impressed. Never mind the £200 that the actual figure was. Aye, interesting. What else has been happening? Oh, there's a lot of fuss a lot of fuss, but it's a lot of fuss about this Dominic Cummings guy, the politician who I think his wife had coronavirus or had strong symptoms of it, and he was starting to develop them as well. And they had a young kid or, or more than one young child, and they decided to travel. I think it was over 200 miles or something, to go and stay with his parents. And 
he's getting a lot of heat about it because, well, it's hard because the the government who is him are telling you that you should not be doing that. You should be staying where you are, not do traveling long distances, not traveling at all if it's possible. If you have symptoms, stay where you are in quarantine. So, yeah, it was a bit of a dick move doing that. But then when he explains it and says, well, I was really concerned about us getting sick and we've got a young child and we worry about childcare, so we thought that we, we could go and be around family members who could look after the kid. You think, ah, that's a, it's a fair argument, but he's one of the guys that's telling people not to do these things. So he's kind of making the rule and then breaking it himself. And uh, it's a tough one because I think I'm not a, a great uh, Tory lover. I'm pretty, pretty firm about that. But sometimes what happens is people will hear about a, a conservative politician doing something and they'll attack it with full force. And I think even if a Tory was to, to make a good move or a correct decision with something, sometimes people's egos get in the way and they're not able to recognise that good decision. Now, I am not in any way sticking up for the Conservative Party here. Not at all. But I think people sometimes can't even listen to the argument that's being made. I still think the guy's in the wrong. I think he, he, he should have stayed where he was and not, well, potentially put his own parents in danger because if I assume they're much older. If they got it, that could have been fatal. Or if, if they happened to pass other people on their journey, they could have passed on the virus that way as well. So just so we're clear, before I get any of the angry feedback from all my tens of followers, I'm not sticking up from all I'm saying is that you, you need you need to kind of put your ego to the side a little bit and be able to listen to the argument. After that, if you still want to say you're a Tory prick, stay where you are in your fancy mansion and keep yourself safe and other people safe. <laughs> I don't think Boris had it either I think that's that's a big conspiracy I don't know what the reason would be I just think it's very I'm I'm open to the conspiracy theories that might be out there about why it, it would fake the virus but the reports that were coming out was that he was on his deathbed and they couldn't get enough oxygen to him and he could, he could barely function as a human. And then not a long time later, he's fully functioning. He's in a maternity ward for, to witness the birth 
of his, his latest kid. I'm I'm joining the conspiracy theory team here. Stick my tinfoil hat on and saying there's 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 more to that. Don't know what it is, but but aye, I think it just did the cold. I tell you, it's just happened. I've been recording this podcast over the bits and pieces over the past two days because it's been hard with the kids running back and forth and there's often a lot of background noise and everything else, okay? Let me tell you what's genuinely just happened. My daughter, who's a lovely little thing, she's two and a half, she's been quite a handful during all this. She's very, as two-year-olds can be, she's quite demanding a lot of the time asking for snacks non-stop, over and over again, just shouting, mummy or daddy or daddy, 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 mummy, mummy, mummy. And then when you, you come to her, she doesn't even know why she's shouting on you. She just just doesn't know. She just wants you right beside her the whole time. So one thing that tends to get her back on board or calms her down a little bit is if you say to her, do you want to play with the Play-Doh? So... We said to her, she, she was back and forth, back and forth, and, and wasn't happy with stuff, so we said, do you want to play with the Play-Doh? Yes. So we got out on the dining table, loads of stuff, whatever she's making, in her wee mind, she's making whatever, Peter Rabbit or something. So then, she's finished with that, so we start packing it away. We don't notice that she's got a little bit uh, in her hand, maybe about the size of a palm of her hand. We go through to the living room, and whatever we were doing, started watching a TV show or something. And she was sat beside my wife. And all of a sudden, she starts crying. Like screaming and, and holding her nostril. And I could see a little bit of Play-Doh was in her hand. So I said, I think maybe she's got some Play-Doh up her nose. My son, he panics. He runs out the room. I'm thinking, right, how am I going to get this out? I'm going to need to... to get my finger up there, she's putting her finger up, I think that's making it worse, my wife jumps into action, lies her horizontally across the sofa, and I, I just, I hear a kind of blowing or sucking noise, and as, as much as I, I can handle most things, I thought she was sucking the Play-Doh out of her nose, so I was in a supportive role, but at the same time was feeling quite sick about the whole thing. And all of a sudden, this bit of grey Play-Doh just shoots out of the wee one's nose. And I was like, that's incredible. I can't believe you did that. You sucked that out of her nose. And she said, no, that's not what I did. Unbelievably. She'd seen this on a, a Facebook video or, or somewhere, one of these parenting life hacks that if your kid gets something stuck up their nose whether it's a pee or a bit of play-doh or something like that you cover the nostril that's got nothing in it and then you put your mouth over the wee one's mouth and you do little sharp breaths in and it acts like a little rocket and it, it worked like a treat she covered it up put her mouth over the wee ones and a little short breath and boom, 
this bit of Play-Doh shot out. And as this is happening, my son then rushes into the room with a pair of tweezers. Because he's... I, I was dead proud of him. Five and a half. And in that moment of panic, he knew his sister wasn't was in bother. I thought he'd ran out the room because he was freaking out. I think he was freaking out a wee bit. But he managed to run up the stairs and get a pair of tweezers out of wherever, the bathroom or, or uh, my wife's makeup or whatever, wherever it was, and ran downstairs and he thought it, th- those could be used. None of us said that. He figured out in those couple of seconds to run and get something that could pluck out things from her nose. So he was a wee superhero in that moment. My wife jumped into action, just nailed it as a parent. Like, one of those moments where you go, you get 10 out of 10 for that. So I felt nothing but pride and admiration for those two, and I wanted to comfort my daughter. But at the same time, I had to question my own actions. (laughs) I just kind of, I stood there, like my my plan was I was to go get the tweezers or something else to get out her nose, but I was waiting to see what what my wife was doing, if she had some kind of control over the situation. So uh, as much as I'm, I'm my, my chest is, is puffed out with pride right now, I'm also realising that I am even less useful than I thought I was. I have I I contribute <laughs> very little to this household, and yet again, there's another reason why I hate Play-Doh. It nearly it nearly put my daughter in the hospital, and also I'm constantly picking out my carpet, and then anyone that's got kids might be in the same scenario. We've got about nine colours. Well. I'll rephrase that. Nine coloured tubs. Each tub holds the same colour. A weird brown shade. I think my wife said it's mauve, but I, I don't know. I think she might have made that up just to confuse me. Because the, the kids will make stuff, they'll, they'll mix the colours together, and it's very difficult to then get the colours back out. So, I'm thinking about banishing Play-Doh from the house. More to kind of just give myself a bit of control and <laughs> show everyone in here that I've, I've I've got a bit of authority. Play-Doh ban. Not a big fan. This week's not a big fan is is a tricky one. It's... ah, I hate doing it, but this week's not a big fan. It's football fans. Now, let me... I'll kind of clear this up. Fans of footballers, the supporters of football clubs, are... One of the best things about the sport. When you see a, a, a club that's going through a relegation battle and they, they're, they're saved on the last day and the crowd are going mad and there's folk crying 
and I, I'm not really big on the folk that run onto the pitch. I don't, I don't really know what they think they're doing. Is it they're, You don't see any a grown man look more unsure of what he should be doing than when he runs onto a football pitch in celebration, but then <laughs> kind of just has his arms out wide and has nowhere to go. And just desperately hoping a, a, one of the stewards in a yellow jacket will, will huckle him away. <laughs> I'm sure it feels great in that first couple of seconds when you rush onto the pitch, but after that, all you're doing is jumping up and down in a bit of grass. Anyway, that is not the point. The point is, football supporters can be the best thing about the sport. Even when if you're not in the stadium itself, if you're in a, a pub or a household and a game's on and a goal goes in and it means a lot and everyone goes nuts, it's incredible. I remember a few years ago when Scotland were playing England at Hamden and England were 1-0 up and then uh, Lee Griffiths scored a free kick and the place just went into complete bedlam. It was mental. What a feeling. That that part is amazing. Unfortunately, with that passion comes great stupidity. And this has highlighted no better place in the world than where I live. Scotland, and well, particularly Glasgow, has the most passionate, but also sometimes the dumbest supporters the, across the globe. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to say one set of fans is worse than the others because I think all of them show show true moments of daftness. Now, what's happened is that the Scottish League season has come to an end. Whatever's happened with a vote to end the season has happened. Okay. There was, there was calls for it, for the games to be played behind closed doors or for them to wait out and play over the summer or have a 14-team season so that there was no one getting relegated. Whole bunch of stuff, okay? The decisions and the votes have taken place. There's a lot of a chat about whether the votes were placed uh, without the influence of other clubs on them. That has come... A lot from Rangers fans saying that there, there's some underhand play going on. Should Rangers fans continue to moan like that? I would suggest that they they take a look through their history and history from not that long ago. If if they're going to if they're going to throw stones at people that have maybe done things not quite the right way. If they think that Rangers have been run lawfully and legally throughout their history, uh, <laughs> they're, they're either misinformed or, or just get the, they've got tunnel vision. Even before all the tax scandal, I'm sure there was one plenty of wee Mason's handshakes done here and there to make sure things went 
their way. So, and all, and also, if 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 Rangers or Rangers supporters are complaining about this, and have a genuine thought that the season was going to end without Celtic winning the league, then they have allowed their love and passion for their club to completely fog their judgment. There is no way. All right, there is a way. There is a mathematical way that the season could have been ended and that Celtic couldn't have won the league. It would have been beyond probability for that to happen. It's just silly. Anyone with a, with a football and half of a f- knowledge of football would, would agree that the strength in Celtic squad and the way they're playing, and also you'd be relying on Rangers winning a whole bunch of games that are left. Going on forum and results, that probably wouldn't happen. Now, the people you do feel sorry for are the heart supporters. Now, well, you feel sorry for them in general because they're heart supporters, but they've they've been relegated. Now, hearts have been beyond awful this year. Terrible. But you've seen num a number of times a club has went on a, a crazy run of results and managed to save themselves from relegation. That happens. So you do feel sorry for them. And I think football fans would, would have liked to seen the games played out to see how things happened. But do you know what? It's very likely that the league would have ended the way it's ended. So I, I think everyone just needs to calm down a bit and, and think about this level-headedly. Take yourself out of supporter mind zone and think about it rationally. The league would have probably ended the way it did. Okay? At the same time, Celtic's online uh, party thing, only saw a wee bit of it in Sky Sports News. Obviously, you've, you, you win the league, you, you want to celebrate... I quite like the thing where they, they dropped the, the, the trophy off at the players' houses and then they, they lifted it. And so then they're, they're getting their moment with it. Absolutely fine. See when they cut to Rod Stewart and uh, his impossibly lanky son standing beside what's probably a £300,000 sports car outside a mansion, probably in Beverly Hills singing a Celtic song out of tune. You need to edit that out. Again, Rod Stewart's one of those guys that all he gets told is that he's got great ideas. He's just surrounded by yes people. Surely someone could have said to him, you're making yourself look like a bit of a dick here, Rod. And we're not even talking about your haircut. Maybe just say, well done, lads. Let's go again next year. Numpty.
I'm a massive fan. Massive fan this week of uh, the Glasgow Comedy Club, the Rotunda, have managed to organise some gigs. Obviously, I'm not involved. It's for established pro acts to go along to. Uh, but they've managed this because they've got their own private car park. So they've created a drive-in comedy experience. I, we, we've got the the kids, and obviously we can't uh, send them to their grandparents or their aunt or uncles or anyone like that for us to go and... Ex- I would have loved to go and experience it to um, as an audience member, just to see what it was like. But... Well, I'm just a massive fan of light being at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I do miss stand-up. I do. Uh, I miss doing it, but also miss watching live comedy as one of the best experiences in the world. Now, I don't know how how it would have been to experience it in the car. I'm sure it would have still been fun. And these pro acts will make it what it is. I'm assured they will not just they won't just go up there and do their normal routine. The the they'll take into account of what's happening. And basically I think the deal was you paid something like thirty pounds per car. And that included so whoever however many were in the car, if there was two or three or four of you and you got uh, pizza included in that and then you got to see five professional acts do their thing live and it's just it's nice to see people working things out or trying to make it work and like I say it's just a little glimmer of hope that we can get back to enjoying live experiences like that not sure if it would work the same with, like, football. We all just turn up at a, a football park and watch Rangers against Celtic from our cars. I don't think it would work the same way. But it's it's nice to think that, th- that these things aren't, aren't five years away. They're not a year away. That maybe by the end of 2020... People can start to enjoy the the little things that used to enjoy. Obviously, there are bigger priorities out there. Of course, there are. But I think part of being a human is enjoying those things and, and thinking about your mental health. And there is a social aspect to going out and enjoying yourself. As much as I love doing... 19 quizzes on Zoom every week. I think sooner or later people will be be craving something else. So well done to Rotunda for putting something together. Obviously, if this gets out to them and I'm plugging them and seeing how fantastic they are, if they want to give me a run of 10-minute spots, that would be just lovely. (laughs) I need to get writing more. Actually, I have, I have, I've, I've written a couple of things, but the idea is you write them and then you, you, you go to an open mic and you try and figure out if, if any of it's funny. But 
right now I've got a, a five-year-old and a two-year-old and a wife that doesn't think I'm funny any of the time. So they're not my ideal audience. They're not the market I'm pitching to. Anyway, I better go. Go and write some jokes that will not be heard for another year. Thanks again for listening. See you after. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. Tell more people.